0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion on motoring news. This is episode 215 on Wednesday, the 31st of October, 2018. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello,
1: I'm Andre. And in a week where we're delighted not to be called online personalities, we'll be talking about how the Chancellor hopes a patch job will keep motorists happy. We'll also be discussing goats in Spain. And we'll talk about Alan standing out in the rain. But first, an apology from me. Very rare, nay, freak occurrence. Yes, get on with it, comrade. Apologies to everyone for the fact that the show notes did not have links in them for I don't know what reason last week, but that's been addressed now. And thank you to the one listener that pointed it out. I'm still doing the show notes, everyone. I know you're not looking at them, but I'm still doing them. Yeah. Moving on Google quickly, we've got two bits of Dieselgate. So let's get the this Dieselgate follow-up out of the way. And the first one is that Rupert Stadler has been released from custody in Germany. If you remember, the ex-Audi CEO was being kept in longer than people expected because it the reports were that he wasn't giving up enough information. So they kept him in longer and longer. But he mm. is still a person of interest to the investigation and he is forbidden from contacting anyone else involved in the investigation. So the yeah. second bit of follow-up, moving quickly on to that, because let's get dieselgate mm-hmm. on the way, is that Volkswagen's main investor, which is Porsche Automobile Holding SE, has to pay or has been ordered by a German court to pay shareholders forty-seven point two million euros for violating disclosure rules in the emissions scandal. Basically, they, sh- they should have told the investors sooner than the investors were told and Porsche should have, should have done that uh, as well as VW are being sued as well on a separate, in a separate court case over this very yeah. fact as well. Porsche have, have immediately said that they are appealing this and as a result, this isn't being paid yet and they're fully confident that the lawsuits are without merit. So we'll have to wait and see I'm where sorry. that goes actually.
0: Yes, yeah, so just for clarity, uh, it's worth pointing out that although that's called Porsche, then that's not the same Porsche as the automobile company, but it is the same family. So yes, yeah, so it's the one that owns I don't really want to say incestuous. 30.8% yeah. of VW and has a has the
1: 52% voting rights. So it's the one that controls yes. VW but isn't
0: the 911s and caymans. <laughs> yeah but it was but it isn't but it kind of is because that's part of vw and oh it's it's going to make your head very very sore if you start thinking about it but yes. it's not the people that made the cars but it is. Um No. Should <laughs> yes. we move on? Yes, let's. <laughs> now that I've caused complete total chaos. Um uh yeah, Ford uh it has shut down um one of the bridge end production lines in Wales for five days. Uh, this is a reaction to the two days, two day, two week, pardon me, uh, stoppage at, uh, at, the Soli, at the JLR Solihull plant. Uh, Knock on effect from that. The line that's on pause is the one that builds the AJ V8 engine, which obviously is the V8 engine from flagship <laughs> Range Rovers, Range Rover Sports, F Types. I think that's it. Yeah, it used to be in the XGR as well. But... It used to be in the XGR, but that's that's no longer in production, so it's yeah. not anymore. I, so yeah, I'm, conf- so that's, I'm
1: slightly that's... confused by this one, actually. is Weren't Jaguar finishing their contract with Ford early over engines, or is that a different engine? Was
0: that the diesels? I think that was a different engine. That was the diesels of the four cylinders, the oh, okay. ones that were... Now, I'm working from memory here, so I could be wrong. They're the ones that were replaced by the Ingenium range. Yeah, so, yeah. But these engines are still exclusive to JAG. These uh, AJV-8s are still exclusive to JLR. They just happen to be made by Ford. Yeah. So it's as if they're Ford acting as a subcontractor rather than any IP right payments that need made or yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah.
1: When you hear stories like this, you get to understand... How cross-pollinating OEMs really are, and how they, well, how many deals they actually do with each other, even though
0: they're separate entities. Well, at the time they weren't separate entities because no, no, Jay, no, no. I, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Jaguar and in, the, in Land Rover instance, were part yeah. of Premier Auto Group. In this instance, but so this is this is unusual. Yes, but yes, you're right. They, the, yes, cross-pollination is amazing.
1: These things, yeah. Uh, Slightly more positive news for JLR, though, is that they've opened their new Slovakian plant. Yes. It's apparently £1 billion worth of plant that is 300,000 square metres and will be able to build 150,000 cars a year. Mm -hmm. Currently, only the Discovery... Well, the discovery is the only model yet, yeah, so I presume that's the discovery, discovery, and not the discovery sport. I would imagine. I believe it's the discovery, discovery. Yes, because they're only calling it one discovery. Oh, I'll change a name and then you make it more complicated. Well done. Well, congratulations. Come on.
0: How how many years did Land Rover make the Land Rover, <laughs> where there was no differentiation between the mark and the product, and and I can sympathise with that from my own employer. Has made the same mistake over the years, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's history repeating. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's because
1: obviously this get, that got leapt on politically, which is the environment we have. But I mean, as a company, they have to hedge their bets. Well, it wasn't meant as a bet
0: hedging. Remember, all of us no, no, signed no, off right. quite some time ago. It was an expansion. And it was a, an expansion, but the political politics and also then the uh, diesel gate uh, and the, out, the, the 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 knock-on effects of diesel gate have meant that it's a not as necessary as it was mm. but on the other hand is actually more necessary than they ever thought it could be yep so it's a strange position with with Slovakia I I'd heard they were going on stream and I heard they were they were ironing out uh, some some challenges that there were with some of the first vehicles that were made there, so we'll see what happens there. It's going to be interesting to to see if I guess the discovery is going to come back to is going to be shipped back to the UK. Yeah, be even more expensive, probably <laughs> if not that's, if to that's be possible. Honest.
1: But talking of Jaguar because this was announced uh, today and it's not it's not really a full article, but just as we were mentioning Jaguar as an aside, they announced a ninety million pre tax loss for the last quarter, Mm -hmm. with a 13.2% decline in sales over that time. They declared China having the slowdown there was a massive problem for them. But also North America sales had softened, as they've put it. There's the WLTP, although I'm not sure that makes as much of a difference. It's only one month. And obviously, Brexit and diesel—the diesel gate mm. or the ramifications of diesel gate in this country
0: still ongoing. Yes, yes, and and taxation changes as a result. Yep, hooray! Talking of taxation changes, well, one last piece of follow-up. Yes, uh, and that is talking about the plug-in hybrid uh, and EV grants. Uh, we talked about them the other week, and how the funding was changing or specifically it was being scaled back to drop any support for plug-in hybrids that couldn't travel 70 miles on EV only. Mm. Current market for those, current number available to for us to buy is a great big round zero. <laughs> and But unamazingly, unamazingly, as soon as it was announced on the 12th of October, Everybody went out and grabbed as much as they could. So there is no more money left in the previous version of that for any of that. Yes, the people were making 900 claims a day for 10 days to give you an idea of just what a rush there was. I mean, who could have guessed that would be the case? And I I said at the time that that would have been one of the reasons why there was a super short uh, switchover time. You know, it was announced and then that was it. That was going to be the end of it. And I guess it was to, to lessen the amount of this. Do we want to know which plug-in cars are now eligible for the the three thousand five hundred pound grant? Yeah, go on. Okay, very quickly, guys. BMW i3 and i3s, the BYD e6. I haven't seen one of those in the road. Uh, Citroen C0, Hyundai Ionic Electric. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyundai Kona Electric, Jaguar I-Pace, Kia Soul EV, the Mercedes-Benz B-Class Electric Drive, because you see those on every street corner, the Nissan ENV200 in five- and seven-seat guys, So that's the van one, yeah, what used to be a Serena, NV200, Nissan Leaf, Peugeot Ion, Renault Zoe, Smart EQ 4.2, Smart EQ 4.4, Tesla Model S, Tesla Model X, the Toyota Mirai, the Volkswagen E-Up, uh, and Volkswagen e Golf, Renault Twizy isn't included because it can't travel at least seventy miles on its own. No, it can't on EV. It has to be plugged in, so Twizy doesn't qualify for this. Mm, that's a shame.
1: I think they're fab little little vehicles that are a fun way to break people into EVing.
0: They're just they're not really
1: designed for the UK. and UK, no, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I get see- that, but. They they could be used, you know, for events and things like that specifically and make a bit of fun out of them.
0: Well, they are, yeah. They are great fun. Uh, I see quite a few of them. I've seen quite a few of them here in Rome. Lots of them sort of parked right on top of each other like everything is really. around here.
1: Yeah, so that's the end of the follow-up. Now on to the new news. And it was the budget on Monday for
0: 2018. Dun, dun, dun. And Philip Hammond. It's the half-year budget. It's not the big budget, it's the little budget. And
1: let's also be clear now, this was a budget that really doesn't matter because it will probably all change come the end of March anyway. He's already declared, Hammond's already declared, not that one, that when it comes to the end of March, if things haven't happened how the government hope they will, as if that would happen... Uh, you know, because they seem so on top of everything, then he's going to have to come out with a new budget revising it. So
0: <laughs> this was almost meaningless. It is It is pretty much meaningless.
1: But what did he say that meant anything to mo- motorists? Well, first of all, he said that the VED is to fund a 28.8 billion pot
0: for motorway and major road upgrades. Now, that's... Well... It's called a vehicle excise duty because it's not road tax, isn't it? Because road tax assumes it's going to be put on the road. So now it's becoming more of a road tax again by being ring- ring-fenced. Yeah. My major problem
1: with that is, can you not make the existing roads good? I mean, I know we come on to it in a bit where he says there's an extra $420 million to fix the potholes and problems. But that's not enough. Yeah. After no. after a decade of no investment
0: or cutting investment, it's never going to be enough. And let's face it, there's gonna we're going to be on March before they've even got partway through, partway through spending any of that. So to be honest, none of the numbers mean anything in anything more than the shortest of short terms in political yeah. sense. Sorry,
1: it's he's thrown some what sound like large numbers to make us motorists feel a bit better. The fact that we're fleeced in the manner that we are fleeced. And frankly, it doesn't. Pothole, the pothole figure is laughable. I think any county out there would use that entire money up and still be going, actually, we've still got really some quite rubbish roads about.
0: If you went from the jet garage down to mine and filled the number of ruts and potholes between there and the roundabout at my house, which has to be what? It's about half a mile. If that. uh, Then that would use up most of Northampton Council's. Uh, Northamptonshire Council's um, fund. To be honest, again, we return to our stance that
1: uh, we don't believe they care how important Mm. the infrastructure is to this country. To be, uh, you know, they keep going on about productivity, and and our productivity hasn't increased. Well, if you don't look after the arteries, and you know, if we're thinking the the country like a human body. If you don't keep it healthy and running smoothly, then, of course, it won't work well. So it's just, just incredible. And let's just get this out the way now because I'm trying desperately not to swear you, an awful yes, lot on, get this, on one. With this But the fuel duty, he has not chosen to raise the fuel duty. Of course, he was never going to do that. It just He wants to be applauded for not being a complete bar steward. So that's just laughable. No one's ever going to put that up. No no politician is unless they're wishing to commit political suicide. So that never yeah. happens. Well, it has such an immediate impact on the prices of everything in the shops. Well, because what will happen, as was proven when we had the financial crash, is that people stop
0: using their cars. So they will actually lose money if they put that up. It, it, That's the big worry they've got at the minute, of course, is that they've been trying to encourage people into into vehicles that are, that are more... Um, That are more efficient, uh, you know, better for the environment and all this. And the thing is that what that's backfiring because, of course, then they're getting in less money in excise duty and uh, and stuff. So uh, there's an interesting point in the motoring research article, uh, which will be linked this week in the show notes, (laughs) which is pointing out that that. As a quotation. Technology is changing many aspects of the economy, including the vehicles we drive. The government is considering how the tax system will need to adapt to manage those changes. In other words, they may well move towards road pricing and may move towards, you know, use-based charging or something. Well, I've
1: heard that a lot about the road-based pricing now from really in-the-know journalists. So I get the feeling that's on its way pretty soon. Yeah you know the uh, and the problem is that they'll keep the ved and bring in the road pricing and at that point the country will go ballistic but they'll have to do the two
0: they they can't have they can't they can't have both well no they they well
1: finland does they have to mm. change the figures though on the ved they can't ha- they can't keep the ved as it is particularly on diesel and stuff like that <laughs> 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 which is Another. Let's not get into that one, but that's just crazy, yeah. right? Just a couple of last things on what they did, what was announced. Um, there was more. There was uh, extra investment for transforming cities, so that's to encourage more um, green mobility areas in cities, and therefore help the air quality and congestion and things like that. Also, there is money going into the elect into help electric motor technology development Mm -hmm. on that side of things that's 1.1 billion industrial strategy challenge fund uh, of which 78 million will possibly support innovation in electric motor technology yeah that's nice Uh, what amazing what wasn't in here though was anything about changing uh, company car tax uh, or anything like that but of course there wasn't going to be they desperately need the cash and also, he announced that oh, we'll look into what WLTP has meant in the future, i.e., when they've fleeced everyone. Well,
0: along the way, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. It, it's it's not. It's it's the old thing. Uh, WLTP is perfectly good. The implementation has been complete rubbish. Yes, and the implementation of it for taxation per no. Pardon me. Let me roll it back. The implementation of it for taxation purposes has—am I allowed to say sucked monkey nuts? I think that's probably reasonable. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So yeah. I mean that—that's that's my position on that one. Anyway, <laughs> I don't really have much more to say on that because it's just there. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Not not great news though, unfortunately. It's pretty much irrelevant news to most of us, to be honest, is that the Faraday Future, one of the Faraday Future co-founders, uh, a chap called Nick Sampson, has quit and has declared that the company is effectively insolvent. I mean, Faraday Future has been hobbling along for quite a while. Yes. Uh, right at the minute, it's been laying off staff. It's been cutting wages. It now has people on a, what's it called, a furlough. Uh, unpaid leave, where they do continue to receive healthcare benefits and stuff, but other than that, that's it. It's just, I mean, it's it's basically comatose. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Um, we could see that. It's a shame because the idea is great. Yes. So the whole idea of having, you know, that that common platform with the the, the battery cells in it yep. is is excellent, but it just they have they have burnt massive amounts of money. I mean, even by Tesla standards, they've burnt a lot of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they did. They went after daft things like making, going for superstar type factories when they had perfectly decent ones that would create that would that could build. You could build the product in easily, straight, almost straight away. And you know, it's it's making very very poor business decisions has cost yes. the company everything.
0: Yes, uh, by everything is many many millions of pounds. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is which is yeah, yeah. As you
1: say, it's a shame because the idea was good, and it, and yes, it but... to start off with it looked like they might pull it off. But
0: so having talked about closing down one production line or pausing one production engine production line at Bridge End in Wales, there's different news now. Well, yes, in in
1: the BBC's sense of balance, no, we never do that. But it just it happens to have occurred this week. Ford have now started building the new F- Fiesta ST line. In Wales at the Bridge M plant, which is great news. <laughs> so, we haven't done this because we feel sorry for Ford or anything. This is just what's in the news, okay? Anyone who's listened to us for any length of time will. And we like couldn't that.
0: work out how to put them one after the other either. So no. there's the gap. So yes. apologies.
1: We, we did attempt some production, but failed. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, this, so they've put in, uh, Ford have invested in the region of 100 million to create the 1.5, 1.5 litre, sorry, three-cylinder EcoBoost petrol engine. It's been called the Dragon Engine Program, apparently. so that's, Good name, good uh, name. Yes, well, yeah, quite. I think they, they looked at the flag out the window one day and just went, well, what, what can we call it? <laughs> yeah, But still. Yes, but still it works. works. But it works, so let's not knock it. And this, the engine's going to go into the new Ford Focus ST, uh, which will be great because that should sell quite well. Uh, looking around here, mm. if the old one's anything to go by. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Hopefully, this will pick up a bit of slack because there will be no more Jaguar JLR engines at all from September
0: 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's 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 generally good news. Well, we go from talking about fast things though to very slow things, Alan.
0: It is. Well, the Highways Agency is, and this is Farmers Weekly, not one of our normal sources. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> is uh, Yes. I don't even want to know why you were there. You were only there for the milk prices, weren't Something you? Something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was the cleanest one I could come up with. Good, good. Uh, so the Highways Agency is proposing a ban on uh, tractors and agricultural vehicles on smart A-roads. This is essentially going to start with the A14, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the dumbest A-roads around, anybody else who has to use it. Uh, especially the stretch that they're talking about, that they're working on between Cambridge and Huntingdon. So, yes, it'd be a ban on agricultural vehicles uh, on there. They're talking about other roads as well, uh, the the new A1M, so that part of the A14 is going to become the A14 brackets M. Yes,
1: because what they're going to do is they're going to upgrade the A road to motorway equivalent, aren't they? To do this, yeah. Um, interestingly, reading through this because you know the headline's quite clickbaity, and but they but they are they are talking about that if they're going to do this, there has to be a viable option for those vehicles that they are no longer going to allow on the road, which. I am very pleased to hear because <laughs> otherwise I was thinking there's not a lot of options around there to take a tractor <laughs> if you're not on that road and your fields happen to be adjacent to that road. It's mm. What what are you meant to do? This is not going to happen overnight and they are going to have to build, I would
0: presume, they are going to have to build some extra roads. But there's, there's nothing new in that really because stuff like where mm. that, that sort of patch of A70 a74 around about the border between England and Scotland when that finally got upgraded then they they built they had to build new supporting road then as well and turned what was the a73 a74 into into the M6 basically mm. so this is not a new thing to do really um, it's only the fact that stuff like the a what's brought this to the fore really is is things like the a55. Uh, where which we talked about the other week, so this could almost have gone in follow-up, but not quite, yeah. where they're going to be banning vehicles that can't reach a certain speed between certain hours as well. So uh, almost follow-up, but not quite. Yes. Uh, so that brings us on quickly to what's marked here as new Patreon call to action, but which we colloquially call Guilt Minute. Uh, it's that point where we remind you very quickly about the fact that we of course do and will continue to provide motoring podcast for free however if you feel that it is worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash then we encourage you strongly uh, to go to motoringpodcast.com click the orange become a patron button there on the front page uh, and give us a small amount of money every month of course if you just like to 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 make a point donation, uh, then that is completely possible. Do get in touch if you do want to do that for a larger amount. That may or may not include a, uh, a car sticker. So do do also go and buy our stickers, available in internal and external versions, again, from uh, motoringpodcast.com. Of course, the... Cheapest way and one of the most effective ways that you can support us is by liking and subscribing uh, via your podcast playing platform of choice. If you could leave a rating, even better a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other podcasty service, then that's genius because that does help us terribly in the rankings. If you've done all that, then accosting a mate, surreptitiously subscribing your mother, anything like that. Uh, would be absolutely genius. You can even tell people uh, all about us. Subscribing is well worth it uh, listening via a podcatcher because that way you will catch the latest episode as soon as it comes out without having to scrabble around and go to motoringpodcast.com. Although if you do to go to motoringpodcast.com, you become a unique and we can count you.
1: WRC Rally Spain was at the weekend and Loeb, six years after his last victory in his last appearance for 2018, in his, I think, two or three times he pitched up and drove for Citroën, uh, won won the race, uh, won the event, which is amazing for a couple of things. One, he's hardly driven a rally car recently. And two, he's managed to get the Citroën on the top of the podium. That's their first win yeah. since Meek actually won a race with them. Uh, at Spain last year. So mm. brilliant work and goes to show how, what a superb and why he is probably one of the top three for the greatest driver of all time award.
0: He um, he
1: dominated the sport when he was. Well,
0: he's dominated the sport
1: when he was there and he's gone off and driven in other series, other disciplines of motor racing and done really well there as well. So mm-hmm. annoyingly the man has talent. Uh, so but for the you know ignoring the wonderful story that that was really this this was about the three fighting for the title uh, which was yeah. Tannic, Nivelle and Ogier as the race started and Tannic looked odds on to win this up until a puncture on Saturday. He was he was well ahead, yeah. fully in control. Everything fine. He got a puncture and just wiped that out for him. He's his oh, half a minute ahead. Yeah, it just wiped that all out, uh, unfortunately. Then we had Evans was doing well for uh, M Sport. And then he hit a problem. Uh, and eventually, Loeb comes through. And Latvilla was, after not doing so well, he, he started to fight at the pointy end a little for a while. And Nouvelle was doing okay, and then he had a problem. (laughs) Basically, every rally this year, everybody's had a problem at least one day, which Mm. has meant no one has really dominated a single event. I mean, they may have won it in the end, but nobody's gone from from stage one through to the end, and everyone's gone, well, yeah, he was going to win it. That was clear from the first stage. Because so many things have happened this this year, it's been. I mean, it must be so stressful in the teams, but as a spectacle, and I know I keep saying this, but as a spectacle, it is fantastic because you don't you have no idea what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because and the way that they allocate points in WRC, so for example, uh, Art Tanak, you know, he got the extra points for winning the power stage this this time around as well so that helps too so despite the fact that he came in sixth overall then he gets a good points boost for winning the power stage yep absolutely
1: um so how it, how it's finished now is that ogier has a three point lead on Nouvelle going into the last race and tanek is is pretty much all but out of it uh, he's he's back on 181 points where Nouvelle's on 201 and ogier's on 204 He's not completely that out he's gonna be hard. obviously because so many bizarre things have happened throughout the season, but they're gonna to have to be you know those two in front of them are gonna to have to have spectacular incidents which mean they just cannot come back at all mm. um which would be awful because it means they'd be seriously hurt pretty much, yeah, because they'd be able to get a car out there to the it's rally Australia next, and fair dues to w r. c. rally. Uh, that they have managed to keep this going to such an extent uh, and the drivers and teams involved that it is down to the very last race and there's three people in for it. Which is great. I mean, there's
0: going to be attrition in this one as well because, you know, it's Australia. Yeah. Right. So, Motorsport Corner over. Let's wander over to the designer's mood board where there's quite a lot going on. The new Master Europe Design Director has been announced, Joe Stenuit. He replaces Kevin Rice, who left Mazda in August. Yeah, he's worked for Mazda for a while. 20 years, I think. Well, 20 years, yeah, uh, in various positions. Uh, recently was head of interior design and brand style. But having had uh, yeah. been in
1: a Mazda recently, if he's been instrumental in the way that they look interior-wise, he's done a cracking job. Because as we demonstrated with the pictures I know you love so much, Alan. Uh, where mm. I teased out and asked, "What's this car?" They're a pain in the bottom, and I know. I, I just do it now to annoy you. I know. <laughs> but the answers we got were very interesting, weren't they? Because yeah, they were. They were suggesting premium cars. So, as far as materials, finish, and the overall look, it's. They are superb
0: inside. Hmm. And there's uh, and what I like, what I think is cleverest, and what I think that they've they've done very well at Mazda, and and I should probably wait this wait until a review, but never mind is the fact that their interiors are so modular, but they don't look at all modular. No, the the the, the yeah, which is very very clever indeed. Very well done. Each model has a different interior, but actually, when you look really closely, all the parts are the same. Yeah, they're just shuffled around between. There's like two or three. They've got their own identities. It's very good. Mm.
1: It's very cleverly thought out. So should
0: we walk? Should we walk across to the other side of the mood board? Yeah, and talk about what's happening at Hyundai.
1: Yes, Peter Schreyer has
0: moved on. Uh, I
1: can't remember where he's gone.
0: Uh, No, he's not. He's just. He's not really moving on. He's moving to a kind of part-time consultancy role for, oh, yes, sorry, for yes, 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 IKEA yeah. and Genesis. It's like um, it's, it's, it's semi-retirement. semi-retirement yeah,
1: but his position is now going to be filled by uh, Luke Donkervolk. Volker, or Volk.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't read this one properly and give it to me, did you? No, I
1: did, but I, I, I don't know how to print it. Whether the E is pronounced or not. No, well, no, me neither. Anyway, he's now going to be the new chief design officer from November the 1st, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he'll be in charge of Hyundai Group's three brands, so Hyundai, Genesis, and Kia. Uh, Of course, at the minute, we only get Hyundai and Kia. Is there still rumours that Genesis is coming here? Genesis has been here. It kind of
0: disappeared again.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was going to come back again. But anyway, um, Donkervolk's position is now going to be filled again internally by uh, Sang-Yup Lee, um, and he will now be known as the Senior Vice President and Head of Hyundai Genesis Design Center. Again, November the 1st is when that will happen. And I have to say, my favourite photos of people to do with the car world are car designer <laughs> photos. They are perb. So we get the power stance, we get the angle. It's just brilliant. I love them. It's just... It's- <laughs> every day. they are on a par with if you if you've ever seen pictures of uh, architects being interviewed it's it's up there it's brilliant i love them it's just it is.
0: it's it's absolutely genius and and i'm so proud i'm so pleased to even even car design well i think they choose them partly because of this because they appreciate the images in the same kind of way that we yes, do it's brilliant love it
1: Thanks. Thank you, thank you, card. Don't do
0: not change that car design, people. Please don't. <laughs> the, the, the Peter Schreer picture at the, at the bottom is brilliant. What I'm very pleased to see is that none of them are wearing turtlenecks, so that's a good start. Yeah, no, and there's no wire, very thinly wired
1: frame glasses. Anyway, moving mm. on to what you put in, and I will. I'm going to read this out. Non-debatable lunchtime read of the week. Well, that was to stop you swapping it
0: out for something about. AI or something. Oh, I wasn't going it's to. No, we've had enough AI for a little while. About read of the week, yeah. Uh, about about read of the weeks. About um, yeah, read of the week. So uh, I put in a piece. Now I'm I'm always hugely biased when it comes to Mike Bonofsky's work because he's the very first person who published anything by me on the interwebs that wasn't just me writing something on a forum.
1: <laughs> but to be fair, he's good. Okay, let's. We'll just add that
0: as well. He is awesome. He is no, he is, hey, mate. I wouldn't have done it if he wasn't awesome. I know, uh, so, I know. Mike has, has started up a new. He used to have an excellent. He used to do Bonofsky Car of the Day, where he wrote about uh, a particular and unusual car each week, week. That then turned most of those then turned into the book called Weird Cars, which you can get on. Um, I'm just advertising for him here, uh, which you can get on uh, on Amazon. My one on the Tressa TR2 didn't make it in there. But he's got a new piece. He's started a new blog via via Medium. And he's written a whole bunch of pieces. And they're all really good. And I didn't really know which one to choose. So I'm kind of going to say read whichever one you want. But there's some great stuff. Automotive Exceptionalism Mustn't Die was the first one that I read. And a lot of it's about people saying, well, look, come on, let's let's get on with it. It's, it's wonderful having these pictures of things. Of these these awesome swoopy spoilery things, but actually, really, they should be taking that time and working on the fact that that really we should be making uh, picking that low hanging fruit that helps make uh, that helps make vehicles more efficient, that helps make vehicles safer, and all these kind of things instead of spending our time engineering yet another yet another sort of. Uh, exercise and goodness look how clever we are there this is one of them there's a whole bunch uh, on here please do take the time to read them Uh, i've probably undersold this grossly no it's it's excellent Um,
1: and it's it's when i read it i i took it as a bit of a wake-up call Mm, um i'm pleased to say that i think we lean more towards what he's saying anyway but yeah. i would also i would also I mean, we, i'm not saying we're completely there or anything cuz you know obviously we do we do talk about uh, the the hypercars and the daf stuff and all the rest of yeah but, but nothing wrong we don't with that, put though. them on a pedestal necessarily which is i think part of his point was stop fixating about that uh, and, and as you said let's let's look at the cars that most of us will own and drive in our lifetimes, rather than the ones we'll never see, let alone get mm. near, and push manufacturers on those and say, "No, we want this to be better, quicker." Come on, and and push people harder on that, uh, and that that has to come from those who write and discuss and film the cars as well. As well yeah, um, we we anyone who does that has to help shape the narrative. I know it's. As we, as we know with a lot of YouTube, if it's got tires with smoke billowing off it, then it will get lots of clicks and everything. But
0: is that yes, necessarily but, doing any good? Yeah. Uh, and remember this guy, this, yeah. There is a possibility that I got slightly saturated by that when he worked for, for Petrolicious, for example. Mm. But yeah, I, I, you say that about Instagram and YouTube. And I've got to admit, with our audience, I, I can no longer tell what's going to be uh, successful and popular on Instagram. No. Just can't. I just can't predict it anymore. So I just put up what the heck I like um, and what I've seen, and and
1: then I am amazed by either what does that get burst because we're not online personalities, Alan.
0: Well, that's <laughs> true, but it, it, it depends. It is because we're not online personalities. We've got absolutely no personality for a start. Uh, <laughs> online, I can live with. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, I mean it's it's I I can't predict what's going to be popular, and I I try and do a mix of all sorts of bits and pieces. I mean, that Audi Sport Quattro, from I'll speak about it in a minute, uh, has got a whole load of clicks, loads of clicks. But actually, Hyundai hatchbacks hold most of the top places, in whenever I look at analyze the numbers yes. over the last year, it's it's I, I cannot I cannot predict it. I I. I Post a picture of an Axiom, and it soars past any pictures of the Lamborghinis we've ever posted on the account, so goodness knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, what I was trying to say, really, no more nice cars on Medium. Link in the show notes, as ever. But do do also follow uh, at Benofsky on Twitter and things for, for links to new articles and stuff like that. Yeah, he's good value, very good value.
1: Right, completely ignoring everything <laughs> that that article says.
0: List of the week yeah. is the fastest ever Nürburgring lap times. <laughs> the fastest ever thing. that So it's a great big long list of things which do something which makes no difference, which just doesn't matter no. at all. No. But,
1: I mean, if you tie it back to uh, Matt Pryor's article questioning do, does the Nürburgring matter, and I was very much in the camp of James May going, well, this is pointless, it, it doesn't help a road car. But his one of his arguments not that he was completely for it, but one of the arguments he put forward to be considered was that at least it allowed a consistent or something to be for these cars to be judged against it was a consistent place with uh, you know that everybody mm. knew and knew that if you made it round there in that time well then that's quite impressive so from that point of view it makes sense does it make any difference to the
0: to any of us, no,
1: no, it doesn't. Because so, I mean, it's, it's only it's, for manufacturing. the point, to boast Andrew, to each other about isn't it?
0: Yes, and where it gets dumb isn't. I mean, it is. It's a consistent place to test things. Where it gets dumb is where we have that announcement that that uh, Skoda made the other week. Okay. It's the new Skoda Kodiak. Is it Kodiak? Yeah. I can't who cares? Whatever. Uh, VRS. Some SUV the, well, thrown yeah. round quickly. Sub seventy is the fastest S seven C diesel. No, it's not diesel. Seven C SUV around the Nurburgring. I. You cannot. So there are the nuclear physicists that cannot measure how little I care about that <laughs> at all.
1: But that, because you know it's what so that reminds me of? Like, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds it's the first of, me of it's, but, the Grand Tour episode when they got the Jags and they go around that track and they finish each of them goes, yeah. and this was the fastest Jaguar fastest. around this lap in the world. You know, and just go, yes. yeah, okay, That's it's, it's as pointless as that, It's you know. <laughs> Just, yeah. just to I mean, put it, a little really, plinth on it or something. Yeah. Just, no, it mean, means it. nothing. Oh. Okay, do that with oh, well. it full of kids and see how quickly, you know. And then we can time it for how long it actually mm-hmm. takes to get around because you've had to stop and clean up the sick and everything. That's a meaningful lap time.
0: <laughs> That's too much of your life there. <laughs> congratulations, you're the fastest yellow car to go around on a Wednesday. Yeah, so, oh, well exactly. Done. Yeah, it's, it's, You might as well choose that as segmentation. Anyway, so there's a whole list of them here from Car. All the different segments. Well, not all the different segments. So front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, four wheel drive. Uh, I don't know if people really care about what's fastest. No. Um,
1: well, not especially not after and, that. Um, the WEC car round. Yeah. Round. I mean, that's that's that was impressive because the Porsche the film one. That, well, that was crazy. Actually, showed you how it was one of the few times when you've watched onboard cameras and you were sitting there going that's really quick. Whereas most
0: of the time yeah. you don't get a sense of the speed, but with that you really did. And that was impressive. Th- that was that was incre- impressive and that was that was impressive and that was uh, but that's different. That's, that's, that's not a road car. That's different! <laughs> that's different. That's a race car going around a track and just showing, look how amazingly fast this is compared yeah. to every single other video you've ever seen about this. Yeah, look at
1: us and how we bend physics because we're in a race car. Mm. Yes. Come on, Alan. Tell me about you standing in a field in the rain.
0: Well, and finally, and it's not a field, by the way. I think that people should should be completely offended by you describing it as that. Uh, last week, we uh, mentioned quickly in the parish notes that that caffeine and machine... Well, was opening last weekend uh, just outside Stratford upon Avon. That's Stratford upon Avon, like Shakespeare, not Stratford in East London, which I've had to explain to a number of people. It is a bed breakfast. It's a restaurant. It's a pubby bar. It's a place where they've the where now they they've made it a, a destination for people. I mean, some of you may have heard of like the the Bubble Inn, which is just up off the end of the A50, uh, which quite often has gatherings and meetings definitely heard of the ace cafe in london similar kind of idea but for those of us who who live kind of in the midlands really Mm. so there was a big opening weekend last weekend loads of people there with loads of amazing cars and manufacturers had lent cars that were displayed i'm told by by tom ford uh, that it was it was uh, very carefully considered and absolutely perfectly positioned randomness uh, for all the vehicles that were there. Uh, stuff was just kind of on the tarmac. It was on the gravel. It was up. There's lawns. There's kind of little sort of show-off bits um, as well where you they, they, they can part them on hard standing so they're not going to sink into the grass for selected vehicles. But there was just stuff, and it was so great, and I really just wanted... Quickly to A, say how nice the place seemed, despite the fact it was absolutely hoaching. It was so busy and also wet and cold. Uh, But the coffee was awesome. The company was pretty good too. I bumped into a couple of people, but not nearly as many people were there, even at the same time as I was. You know, you could recognize the vehicles uh, that were around. But thank you. I just want to thank everyone for turning up, because I actually had a really good couple of hours there. Uh, having a mooch round, uh, looking at some some of the cars I'd seen already, some of them I'd even driven, uh, but just the ones that people brought along. You know, there's a there was an XJR fifteen just sitting by the front door. Uh, there's a plethora of Lamborghinis, McLarens, uh,
1: Porsches. Yeah, I mean, there's pictures here in the Motor and Research article that we've got linked, um, and anyone wanting to see other uh, versions, Alan's uh, got the Motor Podcast Instagram is. Has got plenty in there,
0: and I presume will continue to do so for some time. There's also, uh, if you are on Facebook, then there is then there is a a, a video which which runs through all of them in a, in a few in a couple of minutes uh, on there mm-hmm. as well.
1: It, well done to all the manufacturers who pitched up with interesting vehicles from their from their <laughs> garages, because I think that's that's mm. brilliant to show some of the quick. Because I know uh, Mitsubishi with their Toyota with there. Audi
0: uh You're on dangerous ground now mentioning specifics. <laughs> Skoda. Yeah. They have a fantastic racer inside as well. Uh who else from the main Was Jaguar there? Audi was there. I think Jaguar yeah. was as well, yes. Uh, yeah. I know that the top um Harry Metcalf was there as well, because I'm kind of there's few there date, that yeah. a few things scarier that can be round a Coming round a corner and meeting the project eight well his project eight going the other way, uh, just as I was about to pull in, yeah. uh, who else was the manufacturer I think that covers the manufacturer McLaren as well, yeah, so um,
1: you know uh, if you're in the area, I mean I know next time i uh, you know the, we have a an official merchant podcast meeting at the headquarters um we're definitely taking a trip out to that for mm. sure to you know to actually sample the the wares of the inside of the place as well. <laughs> So I can't I can't wait to do that. But I love the fact that they the idea is that there's no judgment. It's everyone just comes together. You like of You like a motorised vehicle in whatever form it is. You're one of us. That'll do. And that's brilliant. There's no judgment, no sneering, no pointing fingers, and we need more
0: of that. Most of all, I just had a really nice time last weekend, and um, yeah, it was it was good. I was only there for a couple hours because the rain really did come on. And it was cold. Uh, but I was amazed how many people were there, and it was really cool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That pretty much rounds us up this week. Parish notes: There's a new rear view coming on Friday. Yes, there is. If you haven't listened to Andrew Bayless, rally driver, coach, and co-founder of Oh, i spinal forgotten. track. Spinal Track, I knew I couldn't remember what the same word was, that's terrible, um, then, then do have a have a listen. There is a special edition out at the minute, Mercedes-Benz Citan Touring, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is out, which probably means some people will never speak to me again. And the last one is, if you're around London this Saturday and Sunday, remember, it's Regent Street Motor Show, so if you are being taken shopping in London... Uh, at least there's other things that you and people who are accompanying you can look at on Regent Street. Yeah, you know, They show off all different cars and it's pedestrianised and stuff, so it's a good day to go there. There's uh, also London to Brighton Run on Sunday morning as well. So if you are in London very early in the morning for the start of that or anywhere along the route, then do keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. We've done lots of advertising this We week, have. If any people wanted to sponsor us. Well, uh, you say that, actually. <laughs> that's, uh, yes. Um, in the meantime, that's the thing I meant to ask you about. Oh, um, okay. uh, well, you better wrap up now so you can tell me. <laughs> yes, quite. Uh, so don't forget, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, Don't forget our Patreon, motoringpodcast.com. And please, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Uh, Andrew, best way to get in touch with you... Best way at the moment is via Twitter.
1: If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know maybe a bit more about Caffeine and Machine or ways to get in touch if perhaps they did want to sponsor uh, this show, what would be the best way for them to do that?
0: Best way to get in touch with me, uh, to get in touch, is via Twitter, actually, uh, where I'm at Bradley. Alternatively, you could go via the web for me thing on the website, which sends it to an email address, which I sometimes forget to check because mostly it's spam that goes there. We'll be back next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.